Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they pay too much in taxes? We can help. Give us a call or book a meeting by clicking the link in the show notes to book a free financial consultation so you can have peace of mind about your financial future. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business owner or HR leader and you're needing a competitive employee benefits package to help you attract and retain top talent, we can help. Check us out to book a free consultation and create a customized benefit package that fits your business and budget. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with the amazing Al McDonald. Al, what are you saying these days? Doing well, Robin. And I got to confess, you know, I've got a weak spot for uh, good food. And so I'm excited about today's episode because we're going to be touching on that a little bit. And we had a little conversation before about the person we're going to be talking to. And you know that I was very excited then. So I'm even more excited now to be talking to this individual. You do have a weakness for good food. And thankfully, for the last, what, 18 years, we've had a business partner, Portuguese, who uh, knows some of the best restaurants in the GTA. So we've been the benefactors of that. But uh, hopefully this carries us even further today. Joining us today is Amin Fidel, who is the founder and president of Cedar Valley. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited for the podcast. You guys do a great job. So I'm excited that you guys chose me to be on and, and featured as one of your uh, one of your guests. Well, we're happy to have you here. And, you know, when we first met, you told me a really cool story because it wasn't the experience that I had coming out of school. And I was so happy to hear that you got some support. But maybe we can start there and and talk about the conversation that you had back in high school, because for the listeners who are listening, and I mean, you can tell them your age, but you were a very young entrepreneur and a very successful young entrepreneur. But how did that all start? Like, take us back to the high school when you said, this is something I want to pursue how do I get there? Yeah. So the idea of Cedar Valley kind of formed in a, in a classroom. I think at the time I was 16 years old. So I was in grade 10. I remember the class was like civics. I think I was in sitting at my desk, very boring class. And, you know, announcement came on for the school board is giving away $3,000 to 30 students. So each receiving $3,000. And that kind of sparked my interest right away. I knew I always wanted to start my own business or be in some kind of big leadership role. And so I went home that day, threw around some ideas with my mom, and we couldn't really think of anything too good. So I went to my guidance counselor the next day, and I grew up playing hockey with her son. So I knew her quite well. But I mean, everyone at the school loved her, and she was very, very motivating. And and she said, you know what, why don't you bottle your mom's salad dressing recipe? Because she had had it at parties and and get-togethers, and she was obsessed with it. So she said, why don't you bottle that and kind of just take a chance, see what happens. So I took a look in the market. There was no fatouche dressing anywhere to be found in Canada. There was a couple in the States, but I said, you know what? We'll try it out see what happens. I had no big vision at the time, no nothing. And I said, let's go for it. I got the $3,000. They hooked me up with a business advisor who got me on the basics of starting a business, did some, I think it was like six or seven training courses. I got my business plan in place, the bank account set up, 
I designed my first label on my iPad, which looking back now is absolutely terrible. But you know, just the basics of getting going and just getting the journey started, that was the most important part. Fast forward a couple of years, the day of my prom, actually, we did our first farmer's market. And so I went right from prom to the market and we sold 81 bottles of salad dressing. And that was the first time we sold any product. And I said, you know what, maybe we have something here. People were really excited about it. So that's kind of how it started off. Are you still in touch with that guidance counselor? Because to me, that's such an amazing story and an encouraging story. And, you know, I love when people mentor other people and we'll give them that solid advice. Because I was saying to Al, when we were going to be recording this one, I said, geez, I'm, I'm so jealous because I didn't have that. I got the opposite experience when I was younger and I was told not to pursue university because maybe it wasn't cut out for me. And you'd almost like to connect with that person and say, see, I told you, but yeah, um, you know, on your side, are you still in touch with that person? Cause that person must feel really good about, Hey, I gave this person the advice they ran with it. And now they're creating the successful empire. Yeah, actually, we gave her, she came by the facility maybe a month ago, and they were having parent-teacher interviews or something, some kind of event at the school, and she wanted us to sponsor it. So we made a bunch of chips for them to have, kind of sponsor the event, and uh, they gave snacks, and we paired it with some hummus and gave them to all the teachers and the parents that came in. So yeah, we definitely stay in touch. She's amazing. I'll text her here and there just to check in, see how things are going. She has me come to speak to some of the students and do some of the classroom kind of talks for some of the business students, but oh, she's amazing. And she's like our number one supporter. She's so excited to see what we kind of built and, and the progression of the company so far. So definitely a lot of support. And that's one thing I can say is like throughout this whole journey, I don't know if there's anyone who hasn't really supported my goal and my, my vision, which I know that there's a lot of entrepreneurs or, or people like yourself that you know I've had someone tell them you can't do this, you shouldn't do this, but Thankfully, at least I've never had that come along in my journey. I at least recognized it and I've kind of just brushed it off. Well, you'll have to let her know when this episode comes out because obviously it had a very positive impact on your life. So that's just awesome. Is there a shout out here though? Is there, do you want to, yeah, you that's want to give her credit on the podcast? Yeah, or? you might as well. I got a shout out, Michelle Moison. So she was my guidance counselor at Belleville District High School. And she kind of, yeah, pitched that initial idea and helped me get it off the ground. Yeah, she's awesome. Nice. Well, shout out to Michelle. There should be a lot more people like Michelle out there. So yeah, um, yeah. hopefully she's listening to this. You mentioned that you work with your mom because before we started recording, uh, yep. you suggested to her very nicely that maybe she could take your calls in another <laughs> office. What's that like working with family and parents? That's got to be a different dynamic. Yeah, it is. So you know, my parents are really cool because like from the beginning, they've let me make a lot of the big decisions and steer the direction of the ship. So they've, you know, let me waste a lot of money and make a lot of big mistakes. But, you know, if I didn't do that, I would never grow as an entrepreneur. So it's been really key for my success personally as a professional and just as a person. But it's a lot of fun. I mean, the business talk never stops. Wake up, go to work together, go home, still talking about business and what happened that day and anything exciting happening or, or challenges. But it is very fun. We, we do have, you know, a really good relationship. So we definitely lose patience with each other at times, but always keep an open communication to, to work with each other and make sure that if something's not working or if one of us is ticking the other one off, that we, they let each other know and, and fix it on the spot kind of thing. But for the most part, it's a lot of fun. And yeah, my parents are awesome. Well, if I can pass on some wisdom, because I'm a little bit older than you, I mean, so <laughs> I had the good fortune of working with my dad for a short period of time. He's since passed away. And even my brother, who has mm -hmm. since passed away as well. And, you know, it's those frustrating times when you're just like, oh, I just want to pull my hair. Yeah, out. yeah. But you know what? I mean, 
I go back and I look at those memories now and it's funny when once they're gone, I mean, the memory, yeah. you only remember the good stuff, right? Yeah. All those frustrating times. So enjoy every moment that you get right now, whether they're frustrating or not, because, you know, unfortunately, not everyone lives forever and one day they'll just be memories and hopefully they're all great memories. And I know they will be. For, for sure. You. For That's sure. Great. I mean, I love the fact that you brought up as a young entrepreneur, the fact that you've had to make some of these decisions and you've made some mistakes along the way and, and you've learned from that. So can you maybe expand on that a little bit? Talk about some of the advantages and mm -hmm. or disadvantages that you see for yourself as a young entrepreneur and someone who hasn't been through this before and is learning on the go. Yeah, I would say the advantages. First, I want to point out that me and my dad were the kind of total opposites, right? So he's been through life and now he's very conservative in a sense where he's like, you know, let's not do this. Let's let's be very risk adversive, I would say. Whereas I'm, I'm more like, let's just do it and see what happens kind of thing. And because, you know, if you don't take that chance, nothing good might come of it. So I'm very much like, let's just do it. We'll figure it out later. Commit to this and then we'll figure it out in the process. So my advantage to me, I, I feel like it's just trying different things and learning from my mistakes along the way and not being afraid to try and afraid to fail. Whereas maybe someone who's been through life is a little bit more, I don't want to say sensible because uh, I think that, you know, the right way is, is to, to try and fail. But someone who may have done things already just wants to kind of protect themselves a little bit more. Also, I don't have a family at the end of the day to you know take care of and, and look after. So I'm not really taking a step backwards in any sense. I'm really kind of just opening up to opportunity in my mind. And if it doesn't work out in, in the short term, there's nothing for me to go back to. I'm just in high school. I can I can go back to school at any point. But some of the disadvantages I would say is that, you know, sometimes you feel like people don't take you seriously as a young entrepreneur. Like I was in high school and, and my first year in university. Now I think I've kind of built a little bit of respect and, and I try and communicate and express myself in a way that's very mature and, and kind of try and keep more of a professional mindset at all times. And so I think, yeah, that's kind of the disadvantage where when you're just starting off, you're just like a kid. What does this guy know? But, you know, as I've kind of done things and, and learned along the way and proven that I can be successful in a lot of aspects, and I've, I've built a little bit more respect dealing with professionals and some people that are a lot older than me. But yeah, that's what I would say, I guess. Well, I love the fact that you said you're not afraid to fail. And I think as an entrepreneur, you've always got to keep a little bit of that mm -hmm. even in the future, right? Even as you gain some experience, because that's what it's all about, right? You got to take some chances sometimes. Exactly. And, yeah. And not be afraid. And yeah, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Exactly. You know, me and my mom are very much alike, or again, my dad, me and him are kind of complete opposites where in the sense that if something goes wrong, my dad will be like, he'll think about it a lot. Right. Whereas if, if something goes wrong, I'll just be like, you know what, there's nothing to do, but fix it. Right. So that's, that's the only thing, you know, it's happened. It's happened. Now we're on just, just fixing the problems. And I always say that being an entrepreneur is just putting out fires left and right. That's what you do. You solve one problem. Another one comes up. You got to solve that one next. And, and that's kind of, you know, a big part of the journey of building a company. And I guess the more you fail, the better the success feels, right? Yeah. It's a good attitude to have. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that success because you have been successful at a young age. What do you think the, the keys are to that so far? Personally, I've never been afraid to ask other people who've been through it before about their experiences and for advice. That's a really big thing. I think for me is that, you know, I've went through and found people in the industry who've done it before and have been successful in it. And I've never been afraid to, you know, hear the word no. So I'll ask and without any shame and just say, you know, how did you do this? Why did you go about this versus this option? Kind of just learn from their experiences to help myself get ahead and kind of avoid some mistakes that you know I potentially could have made and just speed up the process a little bit for me. So I'm sure you could talk about a lot of things that maybe have gone wrong or the disadvantages of being an entrepreneur, but let's focus on the positive. Best thing about being an entrepreneur, working for yourself? Ah, uh, the best thing about being an entrepreneur, 
Can I give two things? Absolutely. All you right. Can give, you can give as many as you like. Cool. I think as an entrepreneur, just connecting with like-minded people and just really, really positive, successful people in industry and, you know, in other industries, like such as yourself, like we would have never connected. I don't think if I wasn't, you know, trying to build a company and you guys weren't doing an amazing podcast, but I just think the genuine connections and, and experiences you build with others is a really cool kind of benefit of being an entrepreneur and one of the best things in my mind. And then really kind of just picking my hours and not being on anyone else's time, I guess, being on my own time and, and building in my way and building on my terms, I guess. Well, that certainly resonates with me, the part you said about connecting with other like-minded people. And it's one of the reasons why I love doing the podcast. As you mentioned, this is how yeah, we met. Would we exactly. have met otherwise? Probably not, because Tara Tomolka introduced yeah. us, right? <laughs> and it's just one of those things. I met Tara, had a great conversation, developed a friendship and network colleagues and said, hey, who else do you know? And people who have been on the show, and we'll ask you in a couple of weeks, once your episode comes out, hey, who else do you know? Because you know, really good people know other really good people. And exactly. And what I love about what's happening, I mean, is this community is building, right? And I had done a post about today that, you know, it's a great feeling to be able to reach out to so many CEOs I know, so many founders, so many chief people officers, and just pick their brain exactly. about things that they need to know about. And they're so willing to help you because you're coming from an authentic place. So yeah, it's really cool. So hopefully once people hear this, they're going to go on and search Cedar Valley and maybe they'll see some of the videos that I've seen. Because I remember <laughs> when we first met after a call, I'm looking at a video and it was so cool. You were taking stuff, and I won't give it away, but you were taking some of the stuff that you didn't use, organic stuff that you didn't use from the uh, production and you're showing up at a farm yeah. and it was going into chicken feed and getting you know recycled. And listen, we're in a time where we're very aware of that, right? Like trying to do the right things for the planet. Yeah. Why is Cedar Valley important? And I'm setting this up, obviously, because I know you have an answer. But for operations like yours, why is it so important? Why does the world need places like yours now? Yeah, it's a good question. So I would say that it's important for there to be a lot of companies like Cedar Valley because we're trying to be a company that cares for the consumer, as well as a company that cares for our community and the world as a whole. And so from the products that we make and the ingredients that go into it, we want to take care of the consumer side and, you know, provide products that are healthy and authentic and taste delicious at the end of the day. But at the same time, what can we do to reduce our footprint and what can we do to help out our community starting in Windsor and then kind of going from there? Because we believe that you take care of your home first and then branch out from there and, and help out as many others as you can. And we have some really good, I think some really good potential to, uh, to grow this brand and, and this business and hopefully help out a lot of people along the way. And we have some awesome purpose-driven missions that we want to accomplish and touch on in the future and try and help feed as many people as possible and just take care of our community. And I think as a family business, we have a really good sense of that kind of homemade feel and home good feel where it's just, we want it to be like a little house where like, you know, we break bread together and, and you're feeding one another and just having good conversations kind of all built around food and growing together. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, growing a company is fun. I mean, like you say, you're putting out fires all the time, but that's, yeah. that's at the end of the day, <laughs> that's, fun. that's part of the fun. That's part of the fun and growing a fun and making money. That's fun. And building, yep. you know, a legacy that's fun for sure. And Al will agree with this, but when you can couple that, with doing something that is going to have an impact on people's lives, like what I do through the benefits side, I know because mm -hmm. I've seen it, mm -hmm. right? We recently had, unfortunately, a death claim, but I saw the beneficiary that they were going to get money that they desperately yeah. needed. 
and Al on the financial planning side, when you have a direct impact on people's lives and like you're producing quality food that is going to, you know, instead of eating seed oils, people are eating actually really good stuff. Yeah. And it's going to promote their health. I mean, what a good feeling to know, hey, I'm growing a business. I'm going to be compensated for it if I work hard, Mm -hmm. but I'm also having a positive impact on the people around me. Like no better feeling in the world, right? Exactly. Yeah. And we want to, yeah, we want to really help out consumers and just make their lives easier. And even in our facility, like the people we hire and just building a great team, like we hire a lot of our staff from the Unemployment Help Center. So it's a lot of newcomers to Canada who can't get a job because of their language barriers. So we have... A lot of people from the Middle East, a lot of people from Europe who just have those language barriers, but we make sure that there's always someone that's there that can, you know, we have one guy that doesn't speak a lick of English. All he speaks is Arabic, but we have another guy that can speak English and Arabic. So he just translates and communicates. We always make sure they're paired together and we try and give those people a chance to newcomers to Canada because at one point my grandparents were newcomers, right? So we just try and give back in that sense. And again, just take care of those around us first, build a really great team here at Cedar Valley that can build really, really great products to bring to consumers across hopefully the world pretty soon and kind of just go off there and give off good energy and just build off a good community. You might have dived in a little bit into some of the things that you're doing with respect to Al's signature question. Before we get there, you've created a great segue to my last question, and I will ask that. But (laughs) before we get there, what I don't think you have shared at all is what products do you do you want to talk a little yeah. bit about your yeah your, let's you know, do it yeah, I guess so, so we should probably do that there, yeah so give yourself <laughs> uh, you know some uh, promotion here and talk about what it is that you put on the shelves awesome so Cedar Valley is a local food manufacturer of the world's best pita chips so we have a line of pita chips that are made in a very authentic Lebanese style way with better for you ingredients so if you think of pita chips today usually they're very dry and and very hard. And it's not a great experience when you're a consumer. So we're bringing an all new experience to the North American market. That's based off the traditional way of making a pita chip. And so it's a much richer, flakier, kind of buttery texture to it. And so it's just an overall better experience. And you you don't have to pair them with a hummus. You can just eat them as is, which most people do. So today, yeah, it's just a lineup of all natural pita chips that are made with 100% coconut oil. They're all non-GMO, no added sugars, just super clean, authentic style pita bread made with some super clean ingredients. And what about this great dressing that you bought? So yeah, we have salad dressings too. Okay. Um, They've kind of taken a backseat though, to be honest. The pita chips are about 90% of our sales now. And that's just because it's just more differentiated product. There's more opportunity in the market for us. And and there hasn't been really any innovation in the pita chip category. It's one big player owned by PepsiCo. And so really there's a big need for a differentiated new product in the market. And so we've seen a lot more success with our line of pita chips. And that's kind of what we're putting our foot behind right now. But our line of salad dressings is made with extra virgin olive oil as the very first ingredient. So they're not highly watered down and there's no mixes of canola or sunflower in there. And then again, just very super simple ingredients, very vibrant flavors with some fresh lemon, fresh lime here and there. And again, just as clean and simple as possible. We believe that simple flavors are better and we just want everything to taste like it was homemade and reminiscent of those home cooked meals, right? Yeah. Simple is better. And where am I going to find these? So you can find our products across about 900 retailers across Canada right now. So our main retailers being Sobeys, Whole Foods, Healthy Planets, Choices, Longos, and we have a couple others coming on board in a few months. So can't share those quite yet, but uh, super pumped when those do come on board. Okay. Thank you. Now I know where I'm headed to. My closest stores you mentioned are Sobeys and Longos. So that's where I'm going to find them. Awesome. 
All right. So you've made a great segue into our final question. And yeah, I think you've touched on this a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it and see what you come up with. All right. So a society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk about any of those proverbial trees that you might be planting? Yeah, I think hopefully it's more so of a culture that we're kind of building here at Cedar Valley. And, you know, Windsor isn't a very big food and beverage place. I want to say there's a handful of food manufacturers here. And so I think bringing a culture to the area and, and showing others that, hey, Windsor can be a really good CPG manufacturing area and we can output some really good brands here. At the same time, creating a nice culture where, again, we're helping out others and working on building this community first and hopefully building a, a company that's going to survive a very long time and just employ more and more people and more newcomers to Canada and provide that opportunity that, you know, our grandparents had. And, you know, a lot of people who just wish they had a uh, better life coming here to Canada could entertain and just, yeah, really kind of building that community first culture and leaning into it and, and showing that it's all possible, whatever you put your mind to. And there's an opportunity and a chance for everybody. I think you said it earlier too, when you mentioned giving some of these people a chance that maybe wouldn't be able to be employed elsewhere. And uh, ultimately, you may never see the impact that that has because they can go on and their kids now grow up and you may never yeah. see that, but you started that. Exactly. And I mean, it's kind of sad, but we have employees here that are you know a couple of years older than me and their job here is paying for their parents and their families. Like their yeah. parents are unable to work. And they're going home and just giving their paycheck right over to their families, which is now really sad to think about. But it's awesome that at the same time, we're providing that job for them. That's kind of taking care of their family and putting food on their table. I love when you're talking about giving those people the opportunity, because I'm thinking about my own parents who immigrated, you know, with two kids. I hadn't arrived yet. And thankfully, there were employers here that were able to give my mom and dad a shot and they weren't the best jobs. I remember my dad telling me the first job he had was in a tire factory and he hated every second of it, but you did what you <laughs> had to do yeah. to give the kids those opportunities. And I'm certainly glad that now the opportunities that I had growing up. So you're carrying on a great Canadian tradition of mm -hmm. doing that. So that's awesome to hear. I got to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. I knew from the first time we spoke, we had to do this on air because it is just too good. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Cedar Valley? Yeah, always happy to answer any questions and help out in any way I can. I, I'm a big believer in helping out other entrepreneurs. Best way to reach out to me, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So go to my LinkedIn, Amin Fidel, or you can email us through our website, cedarvalleyselections.ca. And I respond to all those contact forms as well. So I would say those are the best ways to reach me. Okay, awesome. Well, that does it for today's episode. As always, I enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. Mm -hmm.